If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, and it's time to get lost in New What's up, everyone? This is Alon here. Welcome to you on this first 2021 installment of Lost and Rewound, only here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m., we highlight sounds of the old with a new or sometimes returning guest as we attempt to deconstruct our past selves with our presently objective ears. If you're interested in what you hear this hour, email the show at lostandrewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org and maybe you could be a guest as well. In the meantime, there's really no time to delay, so for this edition, we should get started. Without further ado, let us begin this week's exciting virtual journey. We have, as usual, our pal and gal, Rachel Teichman. Hello. Here I am, folks. Let's do the first episode of 2021 right at you, Lost and Rewound. <laughs> And also joining us for this hour is Matt Finch, friend of the show and Grammy-nominated noise musician, FYI, whose work can be found on the Slash Sound label. Uh, Matt has been working lately on some really amazing new stuff. Uh, So what better way to ring in our new year by checking in on that alongside uh, later on in the show, some choice cuts from the early days of his sound making under the artist name Moth. Hello, Matt, and welcome back to the show virtually. Hey, Ilana Rachel. No, it's awesome to be back. Yeah, it's definitely a different format, but this is the future. We're here. We're in the Zoom room. We are in the future. And joining Matt as well at his side, Jared Wright. Welcome to Lost and Rewound. Hi, glad to be here. Yeah, excited. The more the merrier when there are folks joining in uh, on the fun. Um, tell us a little bit about this project, actually. Uh, let's start with that, what you guys are working on. Cool. Oh, sure, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, so and there's this thing called cancel culture that, that, uh, that <laughs> all are all aware of. And um, basically what we are doing is through a series of relatively uh, sophisticated processes um, are building bots that when activated can go onto a person's account and find all uh, tweets that are hypocritical to one another and display them side by side ah! so that you can kind of uh, fact check everyone's hypocrisy, if you will. And uh, you can probably guess what it's called, but it is called CancelBot. <laughs> and <laughs> you'll be able to use it yes. on a uh, website. You go in, you type in whoever you want to cancel, and it'll show all of the hypocritical tweets next to each other per topic, and you'll be able to share it. Seamlessly. Directly I'm with it. Yeah. Yeah. God. Are, are you both big, big into social media? I mean, I've really kind of fallen off with Twitter over the last few years. Uh, I think I maybe made one tweet on the day that uh, uh, got kicked out of, uh, of the country effectively, although that didn't actually happen. But no, I, I think I did like a hashtag by Don. That was like the first time I had posted something in forever. But are you guys yeah, big on Twitter? I, I don't use it anymore just because it's like a trash heap but uh i i mean you know good luck to the twitter users you know i hope that they're mentally okay um 
but yeah, no, I, I'm not. A, this mostly, I feel like we're making this just because it's just gotten so insane. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it's kind of like a it's more like an art piece. It's a concept, really. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if people are gonna actually actively, you know, weaponize the idea of canceling. But uh, um, I mean, it's I think where it comes from is that I'm not actually a big social media user. I was like. I was big into Facebook, like in college, but you know, that was standard, just kind of first time moved away from home and Instagram. I've always liked to share art, but I've only ever used Twitter to make bots. And I just think it's a fascinating arena to observe dialogue, but as a participant, I not, not too much. I'm just I'm, I'm really impressed that uh, you're doing something that's not musically related. Uh, you know, you, you've been on the show multiple times. Uh, thank you again. I mean, just in general for being on our show and for being such a historically generous uh, soul to uh, you know bring us all of your sounds, all your sounds from the past. Yeah, it's it's always been a pleasure, man. You're it's probably one of my favorite things to do when it comes to like like media, like making media with people. Like you've always been an awesome partner, man. The last time you were on the show for, was for our 200th episode of Lost and Rebound. We were in the studio, RIP the rec room, which has unfortunately uh, gone uh, to the wayside in the Radio Free Brooklyn world. But um, we uh, got a chance to record there, and you and I and Brooks and Olivia were there, and you shared some fucking incredible sounds from your phone. You plugged in your phone, and out emitted what we're going to be talking about a little bit in this half hour. And it's some AI that you've created that basically creates music on its own. How has it developed over this past year? Right. So, you know, back then, um, for, the, for, for, for all the music nerds out there, we know there's a difference between audio and MIDI, right? Like MIDI is the, you know, if anyone's using music software, but basically we can say MIDI is sheet music for um, for uh, a computer and the initial AI built sheet music and then basically put the sheet music into an instrument and the instrument played it or whatever. Now the difference is I'm working with raw audio. So this is AI that is generating actual frequencies and generating tones and melodies and even in some species things that I, I, I'm curious what you guys think about it when we hear it, when we listen to it, but it's things that sound like human speech it's trained on human speech and learn from human speech but if you listen to it you can't you know it's like it's almost like you can it's like a bug in your ear like you think it's saying something but you can't quite hear it so that's kind of been the development but uh yeah as as always i'm finding a way to bring technology and music together into one space so that we can all just geek out and have a good time <laughs> Is geeking out an important thing for you when it comes to creating? Like, if you're not completely over the moon excited about what you're creating, then who is going to be? Exactly. Yeah. Geeking out is like, that's, that's the gem. That's like that morsel. Like, that's what people like. That They can hear it in the art. You know what I mean? They can see it or feel it in the art when someone has that same passion they put into it, I, I believe. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Grand Valley State University New Music Ensemble. That was like a really cool project, right? Like that has so many layers to it and really actually fits right in with what we're doing right now over Zoom is that it was an idea of making what we call decentralized music is this idea that me and some other composers wrote sheet music down, sent them to players, they each recorded their parts separately, sent the music back to us, we edited it and we sent that back and wrote more music for them to play on top of that. And it was just this kind of recursive process that eventually creates this kind of organic 
texture. And that's what all those tracks were. We were just doing it because we were like, hell, let's do this, man. You know, this come this composition director we were working with, Bill Ryan, awesome guy over at Grand Valley State University. Everyone who wants to, anyone who loves new music definitely knows him. And if you don't, check him out. Um, but he commissioned us and we just thought, what a cool passion project to work on. And uh, next thing you know, it, it took off and uh, NPR played it, talked about it. Um, Spotify put us on some lists. And then next thing you know, we were Grammy nominated. It's far out, man. As far as yeah. have that that piece of the ensemble, um, the ensembles, how many people? Eight. I forget the exact name, but it's a it's a new music instrumentation like clarinet, saxophone, vibraphone, uh, piano, violin, cello. Yeah. Rachel, I know that you uh, have been playing cello uh, a lot more lately. Um, is this something that you're interested in? If like I uh, linked you guys up uh, and Matt, if you want to just give some sheet music to Rachel and Rachel, you'll get a chance to maybe uh, play something super like far out on the cello. Sometime. I'm a whore for sheet music, so uh, <laughs> awesome. yeah. just uh, you know, make sure make sure it's in bass because uh, that's all I can read. Hey, I grew up as a bassist, so I feel you, man. That F clef, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like anything else, like like I just was practicing a piece that switches to tenor clef in the middle of it, and I'm like, I can't read this. That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> really that'd be awesome yeah collaboration is the name of the game yeah i'd love to do something this must be such an interesting opportunity uh doing stuff in the tech world and not being able to actually see anybody uh in person really uh being able to be this industrious without even leaving your home um what's it like now at when you are in this place of the future where you can actually utilize uh this you know means of you know virtually connecting with people to create music how did you ever think that that could actually happen in your time no i think it was like this far out idea it almost felt like um maybe how in the 80s i thought we'd have like hover cars by now like i kind of <laughs> thought that's how it was going to be but you know it, it's you know it's crazy because it goes beyond music at this point i think jared could even talked to this like whole companies are run through just Google Docs nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like the entire tech industry is just no one's seeing each other face to face and, you know, however long. So it's like so much coordination. And, and there's a lot of like startups coming out of this where people are like, how do we create things, you know, virtually? And uh, so it's a, it's a big time for that virtual creation. Yeah. And obviously, I think this past year has obviously onset that and put it forward in motion. And so, However people feel about the past year, that's one silver lining is it pushed us forward in this kind of futuristic mode that we may not have, you know, forced ourselves into, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe just like a fast forward more than uh, we really truly expected. Um, the, the inevitable happening uh, sooner. Uh, Rachel, do you have any thoughts on that? I think there's a lot of pros and cons. Like I, I absolutely hate this entire past year, um, but I love Google Docs. And I kind of like that people are finally being forced to learn the basics of drive. I think that's a really great thing. Like I've only met my current internship boss in person one time. And that's pretty wild uh, yeah. that we can make all of this work as quickly as we did. I think the only major downside to the uh, expedition, I guess, if that's the right word in this case, is... There's no pastries in the break room. Yeah, right. yeah, that's <laughs> and I'm real. really missing out on that. 
Yeah, I joined Tuck for the free beer and I just, yeah, no more, no more. You guys got to get a meal pal and have your companies pay for it. That's what you got to do. That's the tech way. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm missing the social interaction. Like I'm lucky enough to work, like I'm kind of working two different jobs right now. One is an unpaid internship and then one is an actual paid job. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm lucky that the paid job was already sort of a remote position to begin with, except when it wasn't. And uh, having to recreate those productions on Zoom and on StreamYard, it works, but I really miss in-person production. Yeah, that is, I resonate with that a lot, actually, the socialization of creativity, definitely. Mm -hmm. If you look at my Instagram and scroll through the feed, it's mostly like pictures of art, people like doing self-promotion of their projects and things like that. But the stories have changed for me. There used to be a lot of like kind of like pictures of like mundane things in people's days life which is totally cool and now it's turned into hey i'm gonna like live stream me and a few friends like you know social distance performing in our in our bedroom or something like that and people are realizing like rather than putting the energy into um random things we can actually use this platform in a really directed way to expose ourselves in a really live way and, and give that community a chance to connect. And I think that has been phenomenal. I think that's been a really cool, ingenious use of the technology. In some ways, CancelBot actually lends itself to this because it uh, forces people to be a little more mindful about the things they say and more work on the things that they do instead. Exactly. And, and one of the big things with CancelBot is like, it's ultimately supposed to, like you said, make people more mindful, but also just like, don't jump to conclusions. You know what I mean? Don't, don't be so ready to put your bias out there. Like, like give, give events and give time a, a chance to breathe so you can come to a conclusion a little bit better because we are isolated. We don't know the truth the way that we might have a year ago when we could actually convene together and get that sense. Everything's you have 250 characters per post to make yeah. a statement. That's That cuts out a lot of reality, you know? Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever like had arguments over like messenger apps or anything like that, where like at the end, you're like, wait, I totally just misunderstood like just the way you were saying what you were saying, or maybe they misunderstood what you were saying. And that's happening like on a massive scale across oh, social media every yeah. day, you know? Yeah. Plenty of occurrences on Instant Messenger when I was in college, where like I feel like I maybe missed the plot Damn. somewhere. <laughs> so, like, would you call me? <laughs> oh, oh, you just were saying like hi. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the problem too. Is is that like where with Instant Messenger we were chatting with our friends uh, that we knew, and so we, we understand tone, we understand um, demeanor, like we know who we're talking to. The problem with something like Twitter where you're talking to strangers. Uh, I think that's where I think I lost the plot long ago because it's hard for me to understand the tone of someone that I've never met. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they have like a stupid picture as a profile picture, you might just assume they're an idiot. <laughs> I mean, it's got, it's gotten to a point now like where I don't even know the age. I don't know if it's somebody acting. Look, yeah. I, as far as I know, every single listener of Lost and Rewound is a bot and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay with this because if the robots are the only ones who truly care for indexing purposes, of course, then cool. I can, I can, I can kick it with, with some bots. I usually just assume that anybody I'm interacting with on the internet, if I don't know them personally, I just assume that they're a nine-year-old boy. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's actually good because you don't get too committed. Cause like, yeah. like, like, did I just argue with a, like a child for like an hour? Like, like what is, what is my life? Like, it's, that's a yeah. good way to go. First experiences uh, with talking online, you know, in terms of like chat rooms, like how old were we and like what kind of formative experiences uh, did we have? You know, I was five. You, you were, were five. five. What, what were I, yeah, you? I was five years old. What was it? Was it like AIM or was yes. it SM? Okay, yeah. It was AIM. Um, I saw my older brother on AIM talking to his friends. And so I wanted to go on AIM and talk to my friends. And so that is how I learned how to read and type quickly. Wow. See, that's, that's awesome. actually the literacy aspect of it. I didn't even think about that. You know, it's so yeah. forced you to become good at typing. It yes. Was, yeah. yeah. And it forced me to read quickly and like be able to form sentences coherently. <laughs> yeah, I learned how to just retain nothing from what I, I read as quickly as possible. In and out. Yeah, I, I, yeah. When I was like probably like around that age, maybe like eight, nine same thing yeah i think it was my older brother too i just started like saying nonsense on his account or something like that well i you know this might age me a little bit but i remember i thought it was like a big deal because we would get the little aol discs in the mail that we would order and oh yeah plug them in you get like like 50 minutes of the internet for the yeah. month and it was like took like an hour to log in and i was just so fascinated to like check my empty inbox you know because no one was emailing me anything but i'd be like oh yeah i'm logging in <laughs> I'm trying to recall exactly what my first experiences were. I'll tell you that I, I, I feel like the best I can give everybody is, is that when my computer got a, a virus because somebody from my high school was messaging me and made me open up something. <laughs> he made me open up something. I opened up something. And then... I, and then the next thing I know, my screen has something. I opened up a file and it said, like it typed out your disc is dead exclamation point and i was like ah so i closed the computer i shut down freaking out and like we had to wipe the computer uh and my parents were not too happy about that wow <laughs> did you did any of you ever experience i don't know i would not call it a virus I, maybe i don't know how it's classified but um somebody would send you a link and you would essentially get rickrolled, except it would yeah. lead you, except it would lead you to the two girls one cup. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes. And you and you couldn't her. like get it. You couldn't x out the window. You had to like turn off <laughs> I have your a slightly. I have a slightly different experience, I think, than y'all here with that, because I was like trying to become a hacker when I was uh, <laughs> like about like eleven. I remember doing stuff like that to friends. Like there's a on Android phones, there's a certain messages that someone it was like a certain list of characters that you put in a text message and if someone opens gets the text then their entire phone shuts off and breaks uh. and like there was cool stuff you could do to just destroy someone's day like absolutely yeah. but it was, it was a fun time <laughs> people would click things back then they'd be like oh yeah like the naive days. Yeah, of course yeah. this Nigerian prince wants to like save my life, obviously. The Nigerian prince like sending people gold. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, yeah. obviously I, this guy wants the best for me. Yeah. We want to hear some footage of this AI stuff. Uh, Jared, you haven't heard this yet, have you? I don't think so. No, 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 I haven't. So there's three people around the room. 
in the Zoom room, this virtual room, who have not heard any of the material that uh, you're going to be sharing with us. So uh, I don't really know where you want to begin, but I'm happy to play whichever one. I have a, we have a few queued up here. Yeah, I think, you know, let's start with uh, um, the more rudimentary model, AI, like CC, Gen Music 2, something like that. Sure, but sure. Uh, is there an actual name for this file, though? Um, or just no. that's your code name? That's just what it is because it, what it, okay. So what it is, just so people know what they're hearing sure. is it's going to sound, it's going to be noisy at first, just so you know, and it's going to gradually turn into um, an AI replicating a Crystal Castle song. What Crystal Castle song for? Oh, uh, what, what was the one? It's, um, uh, it's off of, it's off the album. I, the one that has like magic castles, but uh, magic spells, but it's not magic spells. Um, but, uh, um, it's, it's, uh, when, when you'll, you'll know it when you hear it, it's pretty crazy. But basically what this thing did is it, uh, I cut up a bunch of, um, tracks from Crystal Castles and I, you know, transformed it into basically binary, like zeros and ones. And then I fed it into this AI algorithm that I built and it trained itself. And what it would do is every now and then it would spit out what it had learned. So in the beginning, it doesn't learn much and it sounds what it sounds like. But then after a while, after the full process, I just pieced all its learning phases together and it turned it, you really it turned it as a gradual thing, which actually, if you listen to like my stuff from 2015, 2016, like long form 28 minute tracks, it resembles the same pattern, which is, which is kind of fascinating.
you fucking do that? <laughs> wow, that, that got cool. Yeah, so you know, it's, you have to give it patience a little bit, but it's it's kind of mind blowing. It's without getting too technical. It's yeah. yeah. Well, I was gonna ask, is that like a part of a song in the end there, or is so? Is yeah, that... it's 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 recreating. It basically learned how to create like a fifteen second loop of a song, and then is just slowly improving uh, it until uh, it knows how to actually make it. So as the song is going, it's learning how to. Like, so it's, it's, it's playing with sounds and learning how to make it one cohesive thing. Exactly. So and, and the thing that's fascinating with it, it's actually doing it with, with frequencies. Whereas in the previous thing I was showing you, the last thing, it was like learning that, oh, like um, G sounds good with um, C and C sounds good with D. And this is a chord in MIDI where this is actually saying like, frequency at this hertz when you put it inside this sliding window of like a, of a wave file actually you know what i mean so it's actually like learning frequencies and it is able to create a coherent replica of something that exists and the fascinating thing is if you were to actually try to listen to the lyrics they're not real words they just are the shape of words because it doesn't actually know words yes wow. you know what that reminds me of is um i don't know if you've ever seen this but there was like a like some kind of thought experiment where some guy from italy wrote a song and it was performed on stage and it was supposed to sound like english but it's not actually english it's just <laughs> gibberish yeah. that's what that's what your song reminds me of of that <laughs> thought experiment if you guys are familiar with this post-rock group called sigur Ross, which i'm a huge fan oh of. sure oh sure um, so he's icelandic and a lot of people that i didn't know this for a long time but half his songs are not words they're just no like words in Icelandic, yeah. like tone but it's it, not, yeah but it's they're not even real words it's just but the emotions there right there's something that can be Absolutely. If there's one thing I can recall, it's that they don't have any language. It's just a made-up language that it's just. It, but it's the the music the that. I thought that's what it was. I would love that. That's awesome. That makes me love them even more. That's perfect. That pulsating though at the very beginning. That's yeah. it's sort of. Is that just a metronome within it trying to figure out what's going on? So that has been a really cool point of contention as I've done this with multiple artists. I've done this with like Jay Dilla, I've done this with Philip Glass, and I've done this with some post-rock groups um, that don't have any words they want to see it works different. But um, with this particular algorithm, it always puts that little clipping in there. And I think it, and now this is going to sound ridiculous, but I think it has more to do with it kind of like creating a small wave and that's the beginning and start of the waves that it's creating because as the as it progresses um it kind of fades a little bit and i've and i've actually managed to have it learn a song so well that that, that it's no longer there so i would think of it more like less than less than a metronome think of it like a film strip mm -hmm. and imagine if the frames <clears throat> in which you're seeing the image grow is more apparent and you're seeing like sections of the movie and then as it learns to grow it all of a sudden becomes like a fluid thing where you can no longer see the discrete frames um beneath the sound what else you got for us <laughs> um, what else? So, so this this next one if you want to um go to we can um actually you know what it might be interesting actually let's do smooth groove because i know because this one this one i have a good name uh, more interesting because whereas the, the first thing we just learned was like the process of it learning and it recreating something to its best ability that already exists. This 
particular thing called smooth groove has some vocal stuff in there. So it's interesting, but it's not creating anything that already exists. It's using a probability algorithm to create what could exist. So what we're about to hear is not replicating anything in specific. It's learning from about five different artists and kind of getting an impression and creating something new. What artists are we uh, going to hear in this? Yeah, so should we gonna... should we try to figure it out? Should we like listen and? Yeah, let's see if we can figure it out. It's 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 going to be out there, but yeah, let's see if we can do that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> smooth groove coming right up. Rachel, what did you get? Um, I, I heard the word flaming over and over and over. <laughs> um, I thought I heard the weekend, but I might be wrong on that. Um, you're close. There's some something within that within that world for sure. Um, okay, so I'll start with the more obvious one. There's a little bit of Kanye in there. We're talking like 808 and Heartbreak Kanye? Yeah. Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Um, Go on. What else? And believe it or not, there's some Stevie Wonder influences okay. in there. And this is the one that's kind of a little out there, but also some Frank Sinatra. Ah, uh, where would that have been? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The quick question is where. <laughs> I would say this one is not in a mature state. It's a, it's more interesting texturally to me, right? It's almost like we're tuning in to like a radio station or something that's like not real. I think I've like said that to you before, but it's like. I feel like AI, this, it's like you're, we're in this like alternate world or something where this like music is existing and we're like somehow tapping into it. Um, yeah, that's, that's really what I have to say about it. <laughs> There's more to come with Jared, Rachel, and Matt. Keep it locked. Lost in Rewound. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org donate. Matt, we've gotten a chance to listen to some incredible AI that you are creating. Somehow, uh, this is all creatable, and you've created it, and it's amazing sounds. You've been on the show a number of times, and in the past, I feel like this is sort of a, a, a fantastic stop along the way, because we've heard high school Matt Finch, we've heard college Matt Finch, we've heard post-college, just post-college Matt Finch. All of these audio clips attainable and listenable in the archives of Lost and Rewound. But here we are, 
And now we're actually, for the first time, really honing in and diving into your material as Moth. And you started doing that in 2011 while you were still in Michigan, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like 2011. Yeah, man, that's like tail. That's like ten, like I, that's like was, ten years ago. Yeah, like wow. like a whole nother world in my mind. I mean, it was like like right before high school started. Um, and then as I was getting to high school, I was like, you know, I you know I played saxophone. I was in like I was in like a concert band, and um, I was like this is lame. Although I do want to say saxophones aren't lame. I've learned in the years of my life that saxophones are one of the coolest instruments, but I got a bass, you know, like a bass was like the next big thing for me. And I was just like, Oh yeah. And, and what I learned with basses are, um, they're kind of like guitars and guitars and bass have pedals and there's a loop pedal. And that was, that's my experience. That was my first experience with recording music versus, you know, the tape cassettes that was all like, I was trying to be like a spy or something, like some like journalist or something. But like, but uh, but I realized the loop pedal, you lay one layer down, and you interact with that and lay another layer down. And then you all of a sudden, my mind, it became this like again, sculpting colors and time. Really, that's what music is for me. And so this world started occurring. And I think the thing that we're gonna look at, like, yeah, the thing of it's uh, what things made mean rearranged. Um, so it's actually all piano until the guitars come in, but it's really actually perfect time because Tenet just came out and this has a lot, this has a lot of similarities from Tenet world, but what you hear with it, which is to me fascinating was because I'm dealing with a loop is that you'll hear the piano forward and backwards at the same time. And then you'll hear it kind of turn in on itself and then more like reverse forward things will start to interact and grow into like a little texture. That's what I was doing in 2011, <laughs> like, I guess. You made two albums back to back, if I... If I well, it's actually one album, two sides of it. I didn't really understand how Bandcamp worked back then, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and this is like, you know, I actually have like a couple band camps because I like kind of like, they're like little museums, going back to the museum idea. Um, but like they're little museums, little artifacts of time. So this particular account called Project Moth, and I even had this old email account you can look back there. Like how did it. you get the name Moth? What transpired to uh, put you uh, with this uh, alias? Right, so um, two, there's two things. Um, one, it's an acronym that I think kind of does a good uh, idea. I'm a little synesthetic. Um, I, I kind of see colors and shapes when I think about music and numbers. Um, so it's music of the hue. It's like the music that comes inspired from that like internal colorful process. But also I really love um, like post-rock and textures. And I've always imagined like if you listen to like a good Godspeedy Black Emperor song or like um, This Will Destroy You or like those type of bands, it always starts with something really small and gets really bright. So I kind of have this image of like a moth like flying towards the light. And as it gets closer to the light, the piece is like climaxing and becoming more textural and wall sound ish if you will we're gonna hear the song that is going to inspire some colors and uh also include some pretty neat tricks courtesy of you uh in 2011 Thank you. 
kind of colors or what kind of like visions do you get where, where did that bring you i felt like a very nostalgic feel to it it was very like reminiscing kind of or, or maybe maybe the opposite maybe like coming of age and you're like moving on it's very perfect like, yeah it's a perfect theme for the show that's you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah not yeah. like we're not trying to get embarrassed with each other every single week but uh <laughs> <laughs> rachel what about you yeah i i agree with like the like some sort of milestone type of music I, I feel like um I'm trying to think like I'm it, I have something more specific but I can't figure out what it is you know what I mean what things may mean rearranged I mean you've got a lot of really 
great titles of, on this album and obviously on the, on the number one as well. Um, it seems that a lot of the titles might come first and then you're creating music out of them. Is that correct? Oh, actually, I mean, I think it's a mixture, right? So like what things may mean rearranged is literal to the process. I think like reverse audio is like definitely at this point in music, like totally standard. Like I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, reverse sure. audio, who cares? But at this time for me, this is 10 years ago. And this was like, I wasn't using a DAW. This was like, so in order to record that, like I had to like think like, okay, if I want to play it forward, how do I leave space? So when I reverse it, and play it the other way backwards that things will line up and connect the way that I want to. And I had no like screen that I was looking at. So it really was kind of like, what happens when you take a theme, put it forward, rearrange it, then you flip that in a, in a way and you add a layer, but that layer is an inverse of the first layer, but that's also in a different instrument. So it's like really just kind of like almost a play on orchestration terms, if you will. I, I didn't know it at the time. But um, that's where it comes from. Tacking on to the thought of, you know, not necessarily milestones or uh, nostalgia, but uh, oddly, I did get brought back to a place that could certainly be in sort of lockstep with the, you know, sense memory of, you know, growing up. And I had a visual. Um, the color was white, first of all. Like, it definitely made me feel like the white, uh, like, a, like a grayish white sky. For some reason, I thought of like a pond at dawn like maybe ducks but it's like Mm. you know like you know flapping you know in the distance so it's dawn but it's like a rainy dawn so they like you don't see the sun but they'll like this but it's light out and um yeah i don't know that's where my mind went that's where everybody where it took me i don't know that fits right in totally yeah this is a very like a lot of this time in my life i was like i like like things that felt slow developmental and like kind of peaceful in that way like i think that dawn watching you know i'm I'm in the pond that you described i'm imagining right it's like kind of still right there's not a lot of ripples in it i think you're dead on i think that's the exact whatever emotion that that image means i think is definitely the one in that sound i guess Describe uh, what it was like the first time you played your music in a live setting. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely phases of how I played this live. So, just to give a little bit. So, there was time. This being, I- like, the, the, the music of which was on uh, in here in 2011. Yeah, so the music in 2011. Um, so, that was, yeah, that was actually a pretty cool time. So, the way that looked, so people kind of think of it as I actually had a drummer that I would play with who would just kind of keep some time just to kind of keep people focused a little bit for those who, cause you know, some people need a little bit of rhythm. Some people don't, some people do. And anyway, so I played a little drummer and then I would have like a loop, like a series of like a big, like a big pedal board. Like, you know what I mean? Like 20 something pedals, delays, reverbs, distortions, loopers, and all these things. And some of the loops would be like locked in. And basically it was our, the first time we did this as my friend, had a house in Detroit um, where he like a lot, a bunch of musicians used to hang out. And basically we just were like, I don't, I don't know why we did it, but we were like, Hey, why don't we just get all our musician friends together and have them invite like five of their best friends. And why don't we just put some beers in the fridge and just play some music in this house. And, you know, so that's where in my, you know, in past episodes I talked about, doing house shows and stuff like that. And that's kind of where it all started was we were just literally like- Just playing for each other. Exactly. And that's and that's really what it was. 
we're going to be hearing a, a track that you recorded live um, in 2015. Were you living in New York at this point or were you still in Michigan? Um, so I went back. I went back to play That's this. That's right. Yeah, because so basically what this was is so when I was in college, what ended up happening was um, every Monday. So that idea of the house show, like I said, I, I'm thinking past recording, we've talked about this. But for those who haven't heard it, used to do a lot of booking in this local scene in Grand Rapids. But I used to used to do a thing on every every day, every Monday of the week. It was called like a studio night, and I would just play loops. And again, I'd have one little drummer lightly in the back, and it was really just about ambience. I wouldn't consider it a show. It was about like getting people into a space and being artful. But what started happening naturally is people would bring instruments and be like, "Oh, like I, I thought you like were opening up the jam." So I'd be like, oh, "I guess why not?" You know. And what naturally happened is um, an eight-piece po post-rock band organically grew. Um, and then we started doing all, all the house shows I was booking. Nice. We would start playing together. So this was kind of like the best players of the best getting together and kind of being like, this is like the last hurrah for like Moth in, in Grand Rapids time. And they're kind of sending me off into New York. The way we did this is it's half improvised and uh, we asked the audience, what's a good color? Oh, and they I yelled see. out the color red. And then we, um, this is gonna kind of come in in the middle of the track cause it was like an hour and a long, it was like an hour long piece, but, but look. This is an this improvised is take on red. Exactly.
sick. It was flaming. That was really awesome. Yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun show, dude. We were like, we were all in this like cramped basement. I mean, like, like if we if there was like a fire, if there was like a um, fire. What was the name? We were breaking it. Uh, of course, red being uh, the the perfect uh, color to combat that sort of you know alert, alert, alert <laughs> feeling. Yeah. That sounds like a basement show to me, man. It just makes me yeah. miss fucking going and seeing live I was, music. I was about to say that. I was like waiting to say that. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I sorry. I steamrolled over your opportunity. I feel you bad did. now. You you jumped into my mind and Fuck. stole my thoughts, and that's supposed to be my job. That is my job. But um, I'm your AI now. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> With terrible laughs. I'm your. I'm like your evil AI with like creepy clown laughs. It's you really know what bad. your laugh is genuine, and you don't see that enough. And I love your laugh. Thank you. Um, you share that same uh, thought about uh, missing shows. Yeah, I had. I had. Well, I had three thoughts while listening to this. One, it's great. I love it. Um, two, I kept thinking about how much I miss live shows, and. Three, it uh, makes me think of my cousin's performances who was on this show. He's also a professional bassist. And like, I would go to his, like, his, like, sometimes they were jazz shows. Sometimes they are rock shows. And like, it made me think of that. And I miss performances. I definitely share that sentiment. I mean, as both a, you know, as both a performer, people who put on shows and as an audience member, as, as much as I love what we were saying at the top of the show, collaboration, the future, nothing quite has the same feeling of that. Like stand, standing in a group, watching some musicians do what they do, live sound, live textures. It's, yeah. I'm right it's a vibe. Mm -hmm. You just, you don't get that vibe on a live stream. Yep. It's very true. Very true. Yeah. Jared, let's pivot to you for a quick second. You've been hearing all this music. Oh, yeah. And, and this must be such a fucking out of this world trip for you to be hearing this stuff. You're, you're, you're a collaborator on, on, in a tech variety creating yeah. sonic sounds. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, yeah, this track was like, was awesome. I mean, I feel like when I was listening to it, it was like, yeah, it was bringing me back to when I was like listening to live music around like Brooklyn. And it was very like a celebratory i felt like it was almost like like i got the send-off feel mm -hmm. there where i could definitely feel like that was like the last time people played i don't know if it was yes yeah, it time was yeah ever played together yeah. i felt that when i was when i was listening to it because it was mm -hmm. just and then also the whole long end where everyone's just trying to like you know i guess like just feel very intense yeah, yeah very intense yeah i thought, I thought it was awesome it's just like very good vibes very like winning i want to give you guys a little bit of a platform to plug exactly uh where we will be seeing cancel bot in the near future <laughs> so hopefully um you'll just kind of see it start a turn <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just gonna throw <laughs> up yeah, uh, but uh, uh, we, we would love. I mean, if, if, if there's any, if there's any celebrities or politicians <laughs> listening, we would love for you to use it. We would love. For you. But uh, but when 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 it's ready, um, we're we're definitely gonna like hit some media things about it and try to get people up. But when it becomes live, 
I, I want that one person to cancel, cancel bot, like yes. figure it out, figure out how to do it. There is a secret self-destruct button somewhere on this Death Star. And if you can find it, you'll be <laughs> like my, you'll be my Luke Skywalker. So do you know where it is? Do you know how? You know where it's at. But for those of you who know how to do these types of things, destroy it. You know what I mean? Like let's cancel. The idea cancel is. Bot is once everyone's cancelable no one is cancelable exactly so i for one as a a luddite to the max am extremely excited to uh, see and experiment with this and to see what comes of it uh otherwise in so much as the music of yours matt uh there's a few different band camps that folks can go to you have slash sound of course your label projectmoth.bandcamp.com and then of course you have a uh, music that you could hear on m-o-t-h.bandcamp.com and then you can also find you know go hit up spotify look up grand valley state university new music ensemble they, Do it. you'll find the return album but you'll also find all their other awesome works they're phenomenal phenomenal group people should definitely check them out give them time of day because You'll want to be the people who listen to them when they rule the world, you know? <laughs> the Grammy-nominated Matt Finch joining us today on Lost and Rewound with Jared Wright. Jared, thank you so much for hanging with us. Yeah, it's a Thanks lot of fun. Listening. Thanks for having me, yeah. Rachel, thank you for joining us as well. Thank you, Alon, for joining us this week on Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn. You're most welcome. That you were kind enough to be on the show very much at the last minute. You are a dear friend, so I want to just say thanks for coming through and for uh, just being one of our our favorites here on the show. Oh, anytime, man, dude. I love hanging out with you guys. Call me back anytime. I'm down to share. Love, love the show. Love what you guys do. It's one of my faves. And that will do it for this edition. Be sure to check out the whole library of past episodes up on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and the main hub, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. Come back next week to hear more sounds from the past with me and my team and another brand new voice here on Lost and Rewound. Peace. assume we're all ready and that wasn't a pun.